Dan Pierce is a Manchester United supporting priest, dad of three boys, husband, poet, author, musician, and singer-songwriter. Under the name of DC Pierce, Dan will be releasing his new album called Mindful Systems, starting with the first single that debuted on the 24th of November called Long Time Listener, First Time Caller. Dan's music could be described as indie folk, but I like to refer to it as songs for the lost and lonely. Uh, Dan says that he likes to write sad songs, and whilst his songs do often have a melancholic, nostalgia-inducing quality, his lyrics are creative and evocative, and his soulful voice is like a warm balm to the soul. Dan, being a priest, is a spiritual man in a very human way, and his own humanness and experience of mental health are frequent visitors in the lyrics of his songs. He writes songs that speak to the complexity of this human experience of living that we all share, and that gives his songs a really relatable quality. Dan is kept very busy with seven churches over three parishes, as well as being a dad to three boys and husband to the beautiful Ruth. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast. A lovely intro. I love that. <laughs> thank you very much. You're very kind. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> wow oh my gosh where do we start so um for everybody listening dan and i met well what we were saying 22 23 years ago wow. now back in a completely different era of my life where i we were both at uh, bible college together um which is such a, a strange thing to say now like lives are so weird and i've obviously gone on to uh, become a therapist and coach and and that kind of thing and you become a priest <laughs> Yeah. Um, Not only something would even my parents would have guessed 23. Really? Years, but yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's so many things that I kind of want to ask about that bit. I want to ask about the music, and we'll, we'll get to it. But um, let's start with passion. So, obviously, this is the Passion Purpose Power podcast. Uh, I do like an alliteration. Um, what what are you most passionate about? What I mean, I, I'm, I can only imagine there's lots of things that you're passionate yeah. about, but what would you what are some of the things you're passionate about what kind of really excites you um about stuff life you, you know you you probably touched on them all in the intro which would be uh, i'm passionate about god's grace what that means i love to speak about it i i, I want to inhabit it and to, I, I both receive god's grace and and in my prayer is that i'd be one who passes it on you know, you receive and you give it, you just give it away and multiply in grace. Um, so passionate about grace. And I think that infuses most of my other passions, you know, songwriting being massive, a massive one, although kind of a latent one for a long time, uh, becoming a priest, um, having family, all these beautiful things taking over and squeezing out uh, a passion for music, to be honest. Um, uh, they've all been wonderful too, but it's nice lately to have recovered a little bit of uh, that. So it's been, it been, I mean, it's been 15 years or something since I've done music with my friend George, which mm. is unbelievable. And then we went, we had a little road trip last November to Scotland. I found a cheapy little um, chalet next to a chapel in the, in the West Highlands, just by the Applecross Mountains, the middle of nowhere. And we drove up there and it's, just amazing amazing place and i mean the chalet was a bit rough and ready but we set up a studio in the church and just recorded for the week and went for walks and drank wine and stuff it was just brilliant and we uh 
so I took all these scraps of little songs I've just been chipping away at over years, dumped them all uh, in front of George and said, what's good? And then we just recorded. And uh, then he went away and mastered and produced and got loads of other collaborators involved. Mm. And what's so wonderful now is like, everybody's so used to working across continents. We've got a friend from the States who, who's involved, somebody, friends from Dublin who played, uh, friends from the Isle of Skye who played, who, who, you know, we just sent them the tracks and they just recorded on top and it just, I love it, it's fabulous. So music, and then obviously, I, I couldn't not say family, uh, just, as you say, beautiful Ruth and my beautiful boys, I've got three lads, 15, 14 and nine, they've got names as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rory, Joe and Luke, and they're fabulous. And and our passion for football together, they're all football mad, and me and Ruth are football mad. So, yeah, there you go. Passion. Wow. Incredible. What? Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's. I mean, I suppose what you're talking about is sort of seasons there. Like, you've had this kind of, uh, I mean, I, I guess, I don't think the season of parenthood ever ends, particularly, no. but you, you've sort of talked about uh you know this this the the, the music being latent being that's mm. the thing that gets yeah like you say squeezed out um is there a cost is there a cost i mean I, you know i i get it <laughs> i am i too i'm a busy person that and, and creativity can often be the thing that goes um first when we've got so much other stuff going on i how do you how if at all are you managing those different demands on your time and energy I, I did a, well, I'm going to horribly name drop, but um, the Archbishop of York used to be the Bishop of Chelmsford. And when he was Bishop of Chelmsford, where I live, um, I chatted to him once, Stephen Cottrell, and he writes, he writes and writes, and he's a really prolific writer of books. So I was chatting to him saying, like, man, how do you find time to write so much? And he said, uh, we make time for what we want to make time for. We, you make time for the things you love. And that sort of clicked something for me. This is, this is only in the last, maybe it was about five years ago. Uh, it didn't happen instantly, but over those, the last five years, kind of going, I love to write, I love to play songs, and I need to build that in to really, really actively build that into my time and make that happen. Uh, they're just, so yeah, I guess that spoke to me. I thought, right, I've, I've that's where I need to put my efforts because yeah being a parish priest is just it is endlessly busy because you could mm. be in schools you could be in the local hospital you can be visiting people you can be whatever just literally the list is endless so mm. you have to really carve out the time to do the things you love so I just began to do that very very slowly and I'd say only now I'm in a bit of a groove with both the music and uh, my passion for writing stuff too Mm, mm. yeah you make time for what you want to make time for that was a real lightning yeah. bolt yeah. So thought, yeah, that's what i'm going to have to do it isn't just going to have it isn't going to magically start happening one day yeah but be deliberate yeah yeah and i suppose that means automatically having to be a bit protective and over your uh boundaries i guess because like, like you say you could be incredibly busy all the time just with the priest stuff yeah and i think as well realizing that this is going to sound awfully pretentious but being creative is so much a part of I think all of us but I certainly feel it and if I'm not creative I'm sort of uh 
I use creativity to make sense of what's happening. Mm. So I need to do that. I need to be creative. And if I'm not, I, I'm, I'm actually a better priest for the, for the time I carve out being creative. I'm a better yeah. parent because I'm expressing, I'm working through my thoughts and emotions and spirit by being creative. So yeah. um, that's, that's been a bit of a, yeah. a lightning bolt epiphany as well. Yeah. So much a part of who we are, you've got to do it it will make sense it will make everything else make sense yeah 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 um <clears throat> and it sounds like there's that real topping up i suppose the creativity uh restores it, it helps make sense but it also probably tops up some of the other stuff that's just being given out to people just by way of your nature but your job and, and yeah yeah and i think as well like i i used to play football and it, it took me about a decade to admit that I don't play it anymore. That sounds ridiculous, but I used to, uh, uh, but I'd stopped playing football, but I'd never replaced it with anything. Uh, in that you carve out an evening or a couple of evenings or a Saturday to go and play football. And that occupies a certain space in your head. Like I'm just chasing the ball around. I'm being competitive. I'm not thinking about work. That's what I'm doing. And I'd stopped doing it, but it took me years to admit that I didn't do it anymore, but I'd never replaced it or found mm. another outlet for that occupation that isn't my vocation yeah uh, so i so i've slowly done that with uh, you know i can't play football anymore it's just too knackered <laughs> but um through music through those other things realizing it it taps into a, another part of your head yeah that you need to exercise and you need to do it and you yeah. need to be completely focused on that um so yeah it took me a long time to to yeah. get there yeah i realize, realize i'm never going to play for england <laughs> yeah and 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 really what you know you're talking about is that ongoing learning i suppose it's just it never stops it's you know you're you're learning how to figure out how to make time for yourself how to be creative how to be boundaried how to uh carve out time for the things you love um yeah i don't think that ever stops no no uh, but yeah and learning and learning again and learning again and sort of every now and again recalibrating and thinking <laughs> what, what have i lost what have i what am i not thinking about um as you say like work can be so consuming you have to really be intentional about what's the balance here yeah 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 would you so the it's always interesting to me when I ask the question about purpose because sometimes it can feel quite similar to passion and sometimes people don't necessarily connect with the word purpose but would you say that you are pretty you have a sense of purpose and, and if so what what is it hmm. uh, um, I'm, yeah I, I always disliked the word ambition I, I never sort of had much cop for that but I think I do now. It's a kind of a weird one, but my ambition is to have presence of mind because uh, so much of the way we think now is forward, looking looking ahead, looking at the horizon. And uh, well, as we spoke about, I, I crashed the car last week. I, I, I rear-ended the car in front. Why? Because I don't know, I just wasn't there. I was thinking about something else. I think that's such a parable for how how I live and how we can live, always looking ahead rather than the, having the presence of mind now. And my purpose in that is 
as I was talking about, relates to my passion, the grace of God in my parenting, the grace of God in my marriage, the grace of God in my preaching, in my pastoral work, the grace of God in in the work with the food bank and the pop-up supermarket that we run, uh, the grace of God in PCCs, council meetings, all uh, being a trustee of various things, just trying to inhabit that and having the presence of mind to inhabit that grace in each moment um, and not be thinking, oh, you know, down the line, I'll be a more gracious person. Down the line, I'll be a more holy person. Down the, no, it's like right now, being attentive to right now. So yeah. that would be my purpose is now speaking to you and hoping to communicate something of the grace of God in yeah. this conversation. And I think that's that's my purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. It's such a, so, so purpose for you kind of went to ambition and then back to sort of the grace of the grace of god what that means to you in all of the things that you do but, and but i really hearing that kind of uh i want to be present i want to be in the moment yeah you know expressing uh, f receiving and giving that grace of god yeah so my ambition is now my ambition yeah. is not 10 years ahead or five years ahead i have it's not to say i haven't got a plan but my 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 plan revolves around paying attention yeah. to today and paying attention to god's grace in today so yeah. um grace being to receive that which i don't deserve and to be the same to pass mm. it on to others yeah uh, to, to love them whether or not they've done anything necessarily to uh, deserve my, my affection and my generosity and whatever it might be mm. but just to do it because it's i think it's it's uh it's like gravity yeah which which leads us really nicely onto graceless off the album um because obviously I, there's only two songs that i've heard from the album because um graceless you've put on your facebook page and uh long time this the first time call it is on spotify oh graceless is such a beautiful song and literally makes me so emotional to to hear it and i don't I don't know why I, I I was thinking about it because I'm like maybe this is just because it's it's because you are attached to this period of time where I was you know such a different person so quite lost and lonely really back then and I don't kind of feel that way now so I'm like is this evoking stuff because you I just relate you to that period of time in my life or is it just that oh there's something about that song oh it's just such a good song <laughs> i think we become like over time we we become untethered from the person we are we kind of you can wander from your spiritual roots or whatever it might be and 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 sometimes understandably so because the institutions of the church and all these and the mechanics of religion can be so uh well, I don't know what the word would be. Abhorrent, <laughs> it can be <laughs> abusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it, it untethers us, and we can stray far away. And I think graceless was about the first line is give up on grace for karma, give up on grace for greed. Uh, I can't remember. I'd have to find them somewhere. But we get we give up on the thing we felt anchored in. Uh, but the beautiful thing about uh, the grace of God is it, it is it won't let you go yeah so 
as far as far as you can walk from it it's kind of like um you know when your kids are little and they follow you everywhere and you're like oh there, you're there <laughs> again there he is one of mine particularly he's like oh, there he is he's there again it's a little head and i feel like grace is is like that it just follows us and follows us and it's unrelenting and loyal and uh kind of obsessed with that so grace less was like you you can think you can let it go but it won't give uh what's the final line give up on grace for nothing but grace ain't give up on me um, so i just can my dog's going crazy can you hear that i i heard a tiny little bit in the, in the background he's fine yeah well i mean yeah it's so interesting and it's something that i've been thinking about a lot recently just because i've got my my best friend's husband is very ill in hospital at the minute and not for the first time i i've i've missed not having someone to pray to um and missed and, and i you know my i think my spirituality is still evolving and my concept of god changes from like is there one to you yeah. know maybe she's maybe she's ace i don't know <laughs> um and but there is there's there's something about the act of praying and and i think you talk i obviously haven't heard mindful systems the, the song mindful system yeah yeah but i saw you write about that um somewhere saying it explores the terrain between talking to oneself and a cosmic connection and i think that's so interesting for where i am at the minute because i there there's something about the the the, the act of talking out loud even if it's inside to a being whatever that being is that yeah. gets something out something that's in out and uh i guess I guess there's there was something in that moment of kind of going feeling helpless for my best friend's husband and going uh, yeah, um someone yeah take control of this or help or something um yeah tell me a bit about mindful systems or anything that you have to say on that mindful systems was i think it sometimes feels like more of a critique of mindfulness than i want it to be because i think mindfulness is so wonderful i think it's really good i think it's related to prayer and i don't think it's worse than that i think it's got a tremendous value and i think there's a sense where prayer is is very sim very similar they're cousins or twins or whatever they're um what are the words to that i'm just trying to think <laughs> But it's it, it's yeah. I, don't, I didn't want to be the same with Graceless. Like when I say give up on Grace for Karma, I remember saying to a friend he was asking me about that song, and I was less than uh, kind about Karma, and then I thought, no, I don't want to be unkind about somebody else's religion or somebody else's practice. I. I'll, and and I feel the same with mindfulness uh, mindful systems. I'm not dissing mindfulness, but there is a sense where I'm going. Uh, I I think it's something. There's something really good there, but it's not the whole package. And yeah. and I and I feel like prayer is is more complete. But I but I, yeah, in both those songs, I didn't want to diss. Uh, I, I don't like it when when we go around saying, "Oh, that you know, karma! What a ridiculous idea!" It's like 
I'd love a conversation with anybody who's who really passionately believes that. I'd, I'd love to even argue with them, but not not for the purpose of making them feel stupid or saying that it's wrong. Um, so, and it's the same with mindfulness. I think it's brilliant, I, and I think prayer is com comparable. But, um, yeah, I think too often I grew up with a kind of God is on a cloud, old man with a white beard as I'm becoming and um and then there's Jesus and then there's the spirit and it's we we very much make it we kind of create God in 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 our image whereas it's God is God is not a man as you were saying earlier you know about God is beyond our imagining so I mean Jesus was a man and Jesus is God but but God is so much bigger than than that so uh, i wouldn't want to i think we try or i think it's helpful to name god in jesus christ but almost we get um we get obsessed with labels and i think there's something there's a humility with just with the mindfulness thing for example i'm babbling but just to to sit and be still and to concentrate on my breath and to hold the situations of the day or whatever it might be I hold them before myself and I hold them before God, the divine love, grace, and what do you want me to do with these things? Um, or if anything, uh, rather than the idea I used to have, which was I'm literally sat next to a dude and we have a conversation kind of prayer. I think it's more cosmic than that. I think that's been a really helpful image. It's born out of the personal, personal Jesus kind of stuff, Billy Graham, the whole, personal evangelism we, we create this this idea of god who sits next to us and that's no bad thing but i think we lose sight of the fact that god is way more cosmic and inexplicable and um than that so i think yeah. so, um, somehow i think mindfulness has become i think you can have a revelation of god in that and mm. so yeah that was kind of a circuitous route to saying i don't know what mindful systems are. <laughs> <laughs> i really quite enjoy the fact that you can't remember the lyrics to your songs as well because that makes yeah, me feel better about <laughs> unless uh, i've got them written down in front of me i can't remember anything that i've written yeah no i'm pretty bad yeah i do have to have it on my ipad just down, just down there so i can see it <laughs> if i'm ever playing them uh, uh, I mean, mindful. I mean, I I think I have a bit of a love hate relationship with the word mindfulness, just in just in the sort of secular term of of because it because it it's it sort of been presented as a catch all of like oh have you tried being mindful, um, and I it, when when you know I am ADHD uh, I have a very busy brain, it's incredibly hard to just kind of be present when there's 20 different thoughts that are, are going on at once um have you found a way of kind of maybe do you feel like you have to contain your busy brain or do you sort of does that process of kind of prayer and mindfulness work for you <laughs> no my brain i can maybe be still for a day or two in parts you know the whole kind of have your devotional time as a as a good priest i should be sitting down and being still and 
even if I can manage that for like four days, I just, I'm not a creature of habit. I wish I was. I'm just terribly, terribly not. I'm very flighty. <laughs> so, um, but I've come, I find writing helpful, writing kind of the blank page and then writing as an act of prayer, writing to figure out what is it I want to say to God and what is God saying to me. Um, I think the beauty of prayer, it may be the same as mindfulness or different, is it's not all me and it's not all about what I'm putting out there. It's not even about the echoes of myself coming back. It's about, I think there is um, cosmic God of grace who would speak into my life. So that's the difference in prayer versus mindfulness. Mindfulness is me being centered with myself and putting my, uh, and thinking out of the universe but i i want more than an echo coming back more of me come i don't want more of me coming back at me i want i, I kind of have experienced i would say god somehow communicating something back to me yeah so that's the difference in prayer and mindfulness i think mindfulness is about being in touch with myself prayer is about being in touch with myself and in touch with my god and um i forgot your question now me too but that makes so much sense <laughs> i mean you know busy brains um so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next, writing. so yeah writing can help me focus yeah something concrete and then editing it and yeah i do it with prayer all the time um because i find sitting still tough as you can see fidgety uh, and yeah i'm always on to the next thing so actually writing helps me yeah yeah and um on uh matt podcast you were talking about you know again touching on what we've talked about today I guess finding systems that work for you because you were talking about like the the general kind of teaching in becoming a priest is you know you you think about your sermon for Sunday at the beginning of the week and that doesn't work for you and so what you're what you're describing is you you're finding ways to do prayer and uh, reflection and devotions and sermon right you, you're making it work for you yeah I, I think whatever your vocation or whatever your job there's a sense of doing it as you would do it not necessarily how the next person would do it you know like when you start writing songs you start writing songs like your heroes so for me it would be michael stipe of rem or whoever it might be elliot smith so i see so there's almost mimicry going on but yeah. then after a while you start to sat you, you 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 lose that and you find your own voice i think it's the same in vocation i used to do run open mic nights in gloucester and you'd get guys my sort of age then sort of 20 something or teenagers coming and they'd sit there and they 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 broad gloucester accent and they'd be like right then i'm going to play you a song and then they'd sit there and play you a song about life in california and it'd be really <laughs> accent and you'd be like what's going what's going on and right. it's a song he'd written about being on the beach in santa fe or whatever i don't even know if there's a beach there but you know what i'm saying they they're kind of talking about life in the states and i'm like right about you and singing your voice not this um but i did the same thing yeah. and i think over time i did it with priest priestliness as well i just start thinking yeah. you know who are my heroes in the faith uh eugene peterson uh, whoever they might be, Walter Brueggemann, and then after a while, realizing I've got to be, I've got to somehow find out what I do it like. So when I first preached, I, I was living in Gloucester, 
I was running the open mic night, so I was public speaking all the time in one way, but I was being daft. I was emceeing an event. I was it was creative, it was interactive, it was and then I was asked to preach and I didn't sleep and I couldn't sleep. And then I stood up to preach and it was the the minister said I looked like I was on death row. I was just completely <laughs> been sick before the service. And and I suppose what's happened over the last decade is my preaching is more like the guy who ran the open mic night. And I was so uptight about being churchy that I'd just become completely, I'd comp it was like uh, in the Bible, there's a story of King Saul dressing the shepherd David. He says, he'll fight Goliath. King Saul puts his armor on him and says, go, you need to fight. You're going to fight a giant. You'll need a big sword. You'll need some armor. Go for it. And David's like, I don't need that. I'm a shepherd. I fight lions and bears and tigers. So tigers anyway. So he, he takes off the armor, goes and fights Goliath with a sling, with some stones that he finds in a brook, because that's the shepherd. That's who he is. Um, and he kills Goliath. If, uh, sorry to spoil the ending. Um, so I, I feel like that's been the that's been the journey I've been on over a decade mm -hmm. or more is realizing I have to be the guy who ran the open mic nights. That's who, mm -hmm. that's the priest I am. I'm not I'm not this uptight dude who's trying to preach in the right way and speak yes. properly. I, I love that so much because it, it, congruence is something that I'm super passionate about. And have you, uh, what you were saying sounded exactly like a quote by Neil Gaiman. I don't know if you've read it, but um, he talks about when you start out writing, you copy other people and over time you find your voice. And yeah, yeah. you're describing that to a T. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you that quote. Um, but it, it also reminds me of training to be a counsellor um, because, you know, that was what, 10, 10 years ago for me now. And I would just be having a chat with someone and then we'd go into partners to sort of practice our counselling skills. And they'd start talking like this. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Who are you? I, we, yeah. would, we were just having a laugh and talking. So I think, yeah, I am. I, I am the same person that you would encounter now as you would in a therapy session, as you would down the pub. Um, and and I think, gosh, there's some grace in that, isn't there? I think, you know, you were sort of talking about initially you would kind of have a, perhaps a judgmental feeling towards someone that's written a song about something that's not anything real. Yeah. But there's some grace in kind of allowing the, a journey for someone to go on to become more congruent and find their voice. Yeah, because you're, you're, we do, it's kind of like family I don't know if you find this with your children. I know you'll find this with your children. When you see something that they do, maybe you can't even put your finger on it, but you do it. Yeah. Uh, or I saw a picture of my grandfather from the 90, early 1960s, and he's walking out of this tent. It was, a, it was a short home video, It was, I think. He was walking out of a tent, and he had this stride and this way about him. And I was like, what I'm watching is how I feel. This is this weird... There was something about the way he moved, which is, I can't even, you suddenly notice the family likeness. And uh, I feel like that with creativity, you just suddenly become aware that, that um, you, 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 you've been copying, but, yeah. then, but then you are different. So yeah, I copied REM, I copied all these people for a long time, and then suddenly realized I'm similar you can tell the lineage, but I am yes. different. Um, when you listen to uh, Mindful Systems, the album, you, you, you'd be able to tell there are touchstones there, but in a way it sounds like none of it because it's a different voice. It's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Graceless is very Bob Dylan-esque. I, I definitely could hear some some Bob Dylan uh, lineage in, in Graceless. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that song. I love the video that we did for it too. Uh, it, was, it was an old family home video of the boys running down uh, sand dunes and they're just running towards the camera, running towards the camera and then they fall at the end. And I think I think I did it in black and white in slow motion. So there's just sand spraying everywhere really slowly. And that's and then just the last bit you see is yeah, they've fallen, but they get up laughing. Right. And I just felt that was um that spoke to Grace. Yeah. Falling, but I get up laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And, it, and, and again, that journey to congruence, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I can see it as I look back on my life because um, it, it wasn't even that long ago that I would have, um, I guess, been a bit nervous about having a conversation with you, given that like my spirituality now is very different to how it was when we were back at Bible college and, and probably completely different. Well, I, I would have thought completely different to what you believe but now I'm at a place where I I just have so much understanding for people's stories and what gives them meaning and purpose and joy and belief and I I I think I used to be quite critical and judgmental and and want to argue but now I just ha I just have so much compassion and passion for people finding meaning in in their lives well, I can say I think I'm extremely different to how I was then at Bible College too, and for the same reasons. That's I'm just so interested cool. in people and interested in so much of being a parish priest is not not just to the congregation who gather on a Sunday, but it's to whoever. Like bump mm. into people in the street or in the coffee shop, and and quite often they're interested because I'm normally wearing a I wear the black and the dog coat, the clerical collar, whatever. And so people will stop you and tell you, uh, uninvited, but that's, I'm fine with that, about what they believe or don't believe. And that's just fascinating. It's sort of endlessly fascinating. Yeah. And I think what I've, the way I've changed since I was at Bible College 20 odd years ago was the humility to um, hear somebody else's story without jumping to change it or yeah. jump to um, tell them where they're wrong yeah. or whatever it might be. I, I love that uh, Indian old, I think it's an Indian proverb about the elephant and five blind guys. Have you heard this? I don't know. They t uh, these blind men are taken out. They're off. I'll tell it so bad. I'm so bad with anecdotes. <laughs> I'll tell it my way, okay? They, they go out and they're... <laughs> They're asked, what is an elephant? They each grab hold of a different part of the elephant. So one of them grabs hold of a tail and says, an elephant is like a, is like a rope or whatever. And then another one grabs the trunk and says, the elephant is, is like a tree. No, it's the legs and says, the elephant is like a tree. One of them grabs the trunk and says, the elephant, the elephant, oh, elephants are like snakes. And they said with absolute conviction, because they grabbed part of it. Uh, but obviously they haven't seen the whole thing. And I feel like there's a, there's a big part of that in my ministry where yeah. I'm going. I have a sense of God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, but I don't have all of God. Right. I don't. So, um, yeah, just hearing somebody's story and hearing the way God has or hasn't or whatever's going on in their life is so revelatory and interesting. Being yeah. interested in interesting. 
be interesting yeah. or be interested in others that's kind of just huge and and not not feeling the need to they say it's a masculine trait i don't know but to fix everything yeah and that's yeah i definitely have an element of fixer and and i think you know back back in the day converter like that was the sort of yeah goal i suppose was was evangelize talk save and and it, it it just sounds like both of us are saying we've come to a very different but similar place of no i just want to hear that hear your stories and yeah i think it this whole kind of i've got to convert you thing it can really weaponize <laughs> love which is kind of which is not very helpful <laughs> it's kind of like you need to hear this because i've got it you need it and i feel like it that's not to say i've not got something of it but i just i, I don't come with the message of love i come with love and i think yeah. so much of what we were taught at bible college or what the environment we were in in bible college was we have to take this message and do it to people <laughs> till now it's like no it's not taking the message of love it is to be loving it's not the yeah. message of grace it's to be gracious and i feel like what, what the church i grew up in very much had lots to commend itself but but there was this sort of detachment we have to take this message and it's like no you it has to be inhabited more does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah rather than we sort of weaponize this thing that i've got to do to people yeah. whether they want it or not and uh, Whereas now I hold it lightly. I will love you. You need food, we'll feed you. Yeah. Uh, you need you need a shelter, we'll shelter you. Um, not so that you join our club, but because right. love love loves because that's what love does. Yes. I love you. not because I've got it's not that I wouldn't want to see you come to um, a relationship with God. And, and convert prayer mindfulness into prayer it's not that i wouldn't want that i do i would of course i would but it just becomes less of a stick to beat you with yeah, <laughs> than, yeah. than what we experienced at college maybe yeah or, or maybe in our upbringing in church yeah. yeah um so so power i think this will be an interesting one to discuss with you because obviously uh i guess within uh religion there is an element of power um but i'm really interested my question to people on the past podcast is when do you feel that you're most powerful um and there's a real interesting uh noticing of change in that question when i'm asking you because you're the first male that i've had on the podcast so far and there's something when i ask women when do you feel you're most powerful because i really want women to feel more powerful there's a difference for me in asking you and i i probably need to think about what that means and process that but when when what does power mean to you and when do you feel that you're most powerful <laughs> well it's, it's so fascinating because i think i didn't realize what does power mean to me I didn't realize I had it and I just do because and this is alarming but I'm six foot three I'm white I'm male I'm straight in most rooms that I've ever walked into I'm the tallest person and for whatever reason I've had privilege I've had people look to me for the people so it's like when I go to the garage uh, with Ruth 
my wife and guys, the, the, the mechanic will talk to me. I have no idea, not only no idea, I have no interest in cars. Ruth, however, is interested in cars. That I can tell them that, they'll still talk to me. And I've seen that in church, I've seen that across, across all spheres. I didn't realize how much, uh, just by being, I think there's, there's something around, if you're over six foot, like, I don't know, the top 100 companies are run by white dudes who are over six foot or something I, i'm so bad with facts there is some sort of thing about being tall white straight is you're automatically privileged in lots of ways so i think power for me real realizing that whether i want it or not yeah realizing my own privilege realizing my own the power that i have and realizing how you how being aware of that is so important yeah. being aware that I've always been represented in film. Not only that, I've always been the hero in most of the films I've ever watched. Mm. You know, for, I, I love old westerns. So it's like Alan Ladd, uh, uh, Robert Mitchum, John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart. What we're noticing about all these heroes of the westerns, they're all tall white guys. Mm. And I think if you're watching that all the time, it's like I expect to be the hero in any situation. I've just got that in my, I don't know why, I expect to be amazing. <laughs> I've got that based on nothing. <laughs> I just expect to be, and I think I've just grown with that. And only in recent years have I realized that and sort of realized that, um, how are you going to use that power that you have that you didn't know you had? Mm. So quite often now I'll try and say I'm in a room full of people. I realize, and it really freaks me out. People turn to me, not because I've deserved them to, they defer to me, they turn to me in a meeting and want me to say something. I realized I could use, what am I gonna use this newfound power for, <laughs> good or evil? I realized I have to draw other people in or deflect and say, the, the most, why, the most, the person we should be listening to most in this room is not me, it's that person. Or there are other people here that we need to draw into the conversation. Or, you know, don't talk to me about cars, talk to my wife. Mm. Um, and realizing how much in my life I need to do that. I just have, I have power and I didn't know. Yeah. And it's, and it's, a, it's born by various prejudice and various privilege. But I'm realizing that I have it, I have to, uh, have to use, use that wisely and mm. not take it for granted, not use it for um, malevolent purposes. And, and also make sure I actively sometimes deflect um, yeah yeah another long answer for you yeah it's so it's so interesting and and what about the music do you find does does creating music performing music does that make you feel powerful in any way uh i sort of, i've always had a love hate thing with it really massively i it's the thing i get most nervous about and although less so I must say, just a part of that's just been more comfortable in my own skin. Like this is what I have. Like the chances are, in front of any audience, there's going to be people there who think it's crap. But there's also going to be people people who love it. So you just have to kind of go, well, that's that. Like I'm going to play my. There are people who think some of my favourite bands are rubbish. It's just about taste, isn't it? So I just mm -hmm. kind of I've become at home with the fact that just. Uh, I, I always though, I always, play, do I use power? I think I always look out on a, 
on a room full of people and you'll get the you'll get the people who are going on oh. right away they dig it they're kind of like yeah we like this you can tell them and then you've got the ones you can tell are sort of neutral and then you've got the haters you've got the ones sitting there and you think okay you you just you won't you're not on board at all and then i spend the rest of the evening playing for that person by the end of the i want to have persuaded this or or so yeah that's kind of i guess that's an application of some sort of power i think right i want to draw in the whole room i don't want to just play for the people who like me i want to sort of draw into the story with the lyrics or whatever it is um with the performance drawing that other the people who think you're rubbish Mm. I think that's so. Yeah, I, I think um, I mean power is a an energy, right? It's a it's a it's, it's something that moves. It, it, it contains movement of some kind. I think, uh, you know, when when we're, we're I, I don't know about you in training to become a priest, but training to become a counselor, we we have to look at the power imbalances between me as a counselor and a client that I'm working with who might be paying me and is vulnerable. And we're, yeah. you know, there's lots of power dynamics to, to work through. Um, and then I look at, you know, I look at the systems of government and the the power dynamics that 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 come from money and and all sorts of systems so i think i think power with self-awareness is great like i think you know i want people to feel powerful in order to enact change whatever that might be and then there's this shadow side i suppose to power which can be malevolent can be uh dangerous and and evil i don't know yeah well, I think I've, I've probably operated most of my life, like I say, in ignorance of the power that I have. I think that's almost as dangerous. So, I, and as a priest, I sit with people and we're having a drink or whatever and we're chatting about their life and I'll just be like, wow, have you ever considered doing this? And I'm just spitballing, I'm just throwing an idea out there. Have you ever thought about, you know, going and moving to Tahiti and becoming a vet or whatever? And then suddenly, like a few weeks later, particularly, uh, talking to younger people it'll be like oh uh, dave's moving to tahiti to become a vet because <laughs> you said he should and i'm like no 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 i didn't i was just sort of throwing ideas out there i don't know and i'm realizing that people i you know i, I guess i sometimes think of myself i'm just i'm just 12. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I, me in my head is just a boy and not realizing that you know the people you're talking to like when you're counseling they're you are their counselor you are their counsel you are so what you say carries weight and power that you didn't know you so i've become really aware of that over the years that i'm just sort of messing about throwing out ideas <laughs> and people are changing their life plans because of it and i'm going no don't, don't do that <laughs> um i think almost ignorance of the power we have can be as harmful yes. or it's certainly mm-hmm precarious yeah yeah um and that's that's so that's so true i i think um yeah power and ignorance is is definitely a a a recipe for disaster um and i suppose then the opposite you know has to be of of good for you know power for good um okay yeah just i guess knowing (laughs) it's such an adhd thing to feel very very young to feel 12 to feel very like i mean i don't know we've got these quite grown-up jobs how did we yeah i know (laughs) 
and you and you look in the mirror and you see you know your beard's turned a corner it's no longer black it's it's going mostly gray and and you realize when your kids are looking at you like you looked at your parents in the early 90s that kind of thing you know <laughs> this is weird um yeah because i basically feel younger than my oldest child yeah. <laughs> most of the time which I, I think is so exciting and joyful. And I that's the part that I love about being neurodivergent is that there is a real childlike joy and energy that comes from from that. And yeah, we can we, you know, we we can be grown up and we can do the the hard things and the you know, the parts of our job that require us to be grown ups. Um, but there's there's something <laughs> about the joy of being having a just a, an eternal youth. Exciting, yeah, yeah, and just re uh, but coming to realise that, like I say, that's a, that's a yeah, and using it for good, using the the good energy of that, but being yeah. aware that it can have some unwanted side yeah. effects and um, light and shadow. Yeah, and realising that people take you seriously when you don't take yourself that seriously is quite tough. <laughs> I really need to think about what I say before I just throw it out there so yeah i think probably and this podcast will not be testament to this but i think probably over the years i talk less in council yeah. Yeah. I, I say less and less i feel really prompted and i would say that is god yeah. so i wait upon even when i'm talking to somebody i'll be going how would how can i speak life and grace and the love of god into this situation because i i don't know so often, and you'll have this as a counsellor, the expectation is you'll know at least something useful to say. And sometimes yeah. you're listening to people's issues and you're going, I have no earthly idea what to say yeah. about this. In fact, quite often. Yeah. Just, um, even as I'm talking and I'm listening, or sorry, even as I'm listening, I try and be prayerful. Mm. How do I, what do I say? Is it useful not to say anything? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and there's some real grace in that as well of of you know it's sometimes enough just to listen and empathize and and hear and get it and and people don't always need the solution i suppose no don't try and fix it sometimes <laughs> or probably the bulk of the times yeah well that that seems like a good place to start because i i feel like there's just loads of other things that we could talk about, but I don't know. It feels like a nice uh, winding up. It's great to say hello again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's great yeah. to realize how how different yet similar our stories are. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Even with the music, and I don't really do a lot with the with, with my music anymore. Um, and so I, I, I'm guessing. Well, I don't want to assume. Are you going to do live performances for this album? Mm -hmm. Are you going to tour <laughs> maybe not well i've got um so i've got what's used to be called sabbatical and they now call it in our diocese they call it extended study leave so three months next year where i won't be doing par parish ministry i've got three months to, left to my own devices and part of that so that's post easter april may june part of that i'd like to spend going around and doing a bit taking some of these songs and yeah. performing in places so i hope so i played a couple of gigs a couple of weeks ago which is great because it had been so long yeah. um so yeah and, and you get the taste again you go yeah i really want to do this uh yeah. 
so yeah i've got a friend it won't be what you hear on the album unfortunately because what we've got on the album is mm. multiple musicians a full band all the rest yeah. of it well produced all the rest of it whereas this would be me and my buddy mark playing guitars two guitars um he's a sensational guitarist so sort of brings that extra level of quality <laughs> to our performance <laughs> so, so yeah hopefully post easter yeah are you gonna are you gonna head glossed away oh yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah uh, so george lives in gloucester still yeah. so it will definitely be doing something up there uh i think yeah i've got a few irons in the fire and then we just have to see how it lines up with um family life and the other things i've got but yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe a week or two knocking about playing some gigs would be fabulous yeah, yeah are you uh please say yes are you <laughs> are you going to put out any of your old stuff on spotify now that you know you, you can do that because i i don't know where my big blue sun album is anymore yeah. and i'd love to listen to oh. that again yeah yeah no i should do that or or george might be actually he might have said he might be but yes yeah certainly yeah i think i might throw that in there somewhere um probably after the album's all out yeah. then there's actually there's a few songs from that and a few from even longer ago that i played at this gig the other night and it was very, i played them very differently to what i did 20 years ago but mm. it was nice to think you suddenly go i've got this body of work how yes, did that happen you do and it's yeah, amazing I, I, wanna... more, more, I used to sit around going what five songs am i going to do for the gig <laughs> i don't even have five whereas now yeah there's just loads to choose from so that's great and yeah. sort of uh, mess with old ones, rework them, do them differently and bring them to to, to life again. Yes, please. I can't. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. That would definitely be a, a trip down memory lane. Um, and so, yeah, get them on Spotify and then I can hear them again. I will do. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. OK, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, really good to see you again. So weird seeing you again. And uh, so like it's just no time has passed at all. No, no, it's strange. No, great to see you too. Really good. Thanks for thanks for asking interesting questions. It's really good. Oh, you're welcome. I yeah. All the best I, I like the existential questions. <laughs> yeah, <they're> the best. <laughs> um, send my love to Bruce, and um, obviously the boys have no idea who I am, so don't say hi to them because that'd be weird. But uh, yeah, say <laughs> say hi to Ruth for me, and yeah, I'll 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 catch you online. I'm sure. Cool. Take it easy. <laughs> Thank you.